Oh, glory. Hey, guys, thanks for coming back tonight. Man, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> a lot of the churches you go to, I mean, Sunday morning, man, they had 300 people to come back. Sunday night is 15. So congratulations. I appreciate you coming. God has something for you. We love your pastors and appreciate this opportunity. And listen, I believe you're in the right place at the right time tonight. Uh, uh, because I've got some things on my heart I want to share with you now. Now, you realize uh, most of you are well-seasoned in the Word. You sit under some of the best teaching in the world. I, I realize uh, you're well-fed, you're knowledgeable of the Scripture, so there's nothing I'm going to share with you tonight that you probably haven't heard. But sometimes it's not what we know, but it's what we need at the moment. And that's really what we're going to be addressing, uh, something that some in our company tonight need because I'm acutely aware that uh, certain individuals in here need a word of encouragement. And, you know, it doesn't matter how long we've walked with God, uh, where we may be in our spiritual development or where we may be along our journey. There's always going to be times where we need to be encouraged in some form or fashion from the Scripture. And so I have that in my heart. You know, it just seems like maybe in the last few months and maybe a, a, a little longer period uh, that some individuals have been facing some uh, particular challenges. Maybe there's been some disappointments. Maybe there's been uh, what is perceived as setbacks. I don't know if it has to do with business, family, relation, uh, relationships, whatever the case may be. But uh, you may be on the mountaintop tonight. Praise God, we rejoice with you. But I know there are individuals who need this word of encouragement. And as I said, uh, it'll probably be scriptures and phrases that maybe we've shared in days gone by. But I know of a certainty uh, it's for somebody in this room tonight. All right. So, you know, in Genesis chapter 12, you'll remember, we're not going to turn there. Uh, but you'll remember in Genesis chapter 12 when God visited Abraham and he spoke to him about the nation of Israel that would be born out of his obedience. And so in response to that word, uh, Abraham began his journey of faith and he took Lot with him. And in the process of time, God so blessed them with their cattle, their substance, uh, their sheep, that the land they were occupying uh, simultaneously was unable to sustain them. And so they had to separate. So Lot took the plains of Jordan, and then God took Abraham up on a mountain peak, and he spoke these words to him. In Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 and 15, notice, And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your descendants forever. You know, sometimes we can make the mistake of focusing all of our attention on where we are and perhaps all the negativities and the uncertainties that are uh, associated or accompanying where we are at the moment. <clears throat> Instead of looking up from where we are and seeing where God in His Word and by His Spirit has promised to take us. Uh, God said to Abraham, listen, I need you to look up I need you to redirect your gaze. I need you to enlarge your expectation and your vision because everything that you see, I will give it to you. And God is speaking that to some individuals in this room tonight. I don't know where you may be, but the Lord is saying to you, listen, I need you to look up now. 
I need you to get your eyes off of where you are or perhaps where you've been. And once again, let me show you where I can take you because I'm still on the throne. Jesus is still Lord. And my plans and purposes for you personally and corporately are still in process. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to look up. Come on, let's get our hope renewed. Let's get our expectation rekindled personally. Uh, let's look to the future with a renewed sense of determination tonight, knowing that if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe when God is on our side? I couldn't have chosen those worship songs uh, any more accurately if I had chosen them myself. The content of those songs, that He's good. He, he'll never let you down right? No matter what you may be walking uh, through at the moment. So once again, you know, uh, just uh, realizing that maybe there's been some challenges of late, uh, God simply wants you to know everything's going to be all right, okay? Everything's going to be all right. And uh, we understand as we're navigating this, this life that we're living, even as a believer, that we are in a world that is in a state of degeneration. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be actually attacks of, at times of the enemy. Uh, but we don't fear. We're not to cower. We're not to relent, right? But there's a couple of things that we need to remember to implement. Uh, and we know them, but it's good to be reminded. In navigating these times where we're facing personal challenges in whatever arena it may be, there's some things we need to remember, and one of those is to maintain what we call a proper mentality. Maintaining a proper mentality in times and seasons of opposition and adversity, uh, whatever those, those arenas may be, is very essential to navigating that season successfully and coming out victoriously on the other side. We've read this scripture, you've read it many times, but it bears repeating. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verses 8 through 9, man, the apostle Paul, he had challenges in life, and at times he kind of notated them in the scripture, and, and notice this one. He said, you know, we're troubled on every side. You might be here tonight and you feel like, yeah, man, that's me. I'm troubled on every side. Have you ever noticed that most of the time trouble seems to come with company, brings friends, not just one thing, but several things tend to converge simultaneously on multiple fronts. We call it the devil's pile-up technique, trying to overwhelm us. Paul said, you know, we're troubled on every side, but now I want you to notice his mentality, yet not distressed. Paul said, I cannot afford or allow these external uh, situations and challenges, no matter how pressuring they may be, to rob me of my internal sense of confidence, right, and faith in God. We sang about it. So he said, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. He went on to say, perplexed. Now, how many of you know what perplexed means by definition? Anybody? Perplexed means confused. And basically what he's saying, listen, life can be a little perplexing at times. 
I can't always wrap my head around why situations unfold the way they do, people respond the way they do, why necessarily I find myself in this current situation. But just because I can't wrap my head around it and maybe I don't understand it all at the moment doesn't mean I'm going to throw in the towel, adopt this attitude of futility, sit down and quit, right? Perplexing, but what does it say? Not in despair. He said persecuted. What's the next word? But not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. I've said it to you. I'll say it again. I think some Christians need a but revelation. And I'm not talking about the part we're sitting on, right? We're talking about the conjunction but. The psalmist said in Psalm 30 and verse 5, he said, Weeping endures for the night. But joy will come in the morning. In Psalm 34 in verse 10, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord will not want for any good thing. Here's another one, verse 19 of the same chapter. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Now, some don't want to camp right there. <laughs> Many are the afflictions. Read the rest of the sentence, but... The Lord delivers us out of them all. And then John 16 and 33, Jesus himself said, Hey, in this world you're going to have some tribulations, some challenges, some oppositions at times, some pressure. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, You need a but revelation. So, you know, Paul had opposition, guys. And maybe you're experiencing some of that presently. But I got some good news for you. None of it stopped him. None of it overcame him. And guess what? Hear the word of the Lord. None of it's going to stop you. None of it is going to overcome you or me if... We will, for one thing, maintain a proper mentality in these times and seasons of opposition. I love uh, the Apostle Paul's uh, mentality in life. You know, you and I have got to face this life, and particularly now, with a particular uh, internal attitude. And that attitude and that predisposition is Christ in me, Christ for me, Christ with me is more than enough to put me over in any situation that I may encounter. I said I love the Apostle Paul's spiritual uh, and mental attitude. We see it reflected in his writings over here in Romans chapter 8. Notice uh, what he said in verse 35 beginning there. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? How many of you know God loves you? Didn't we sing about it? When you love somebody, you care about them. You care about their well-being. You care about their future. You care about their present. Right? And Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. 
In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us or loves us. And then he goes on to say in verse 38, for I am persuaded. And that's what I want you to be in this room tonight. I want you to renew your sense of persuasion. I am persuaded. I have an unwavering sense of confidence that nothing, nothing, Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Man, that's got to be comforting. (laughs) For somebody, man, it comforts me. Woo! So maintaining a proper mentality in these seasons and times of opposition, adversity, pressure, whatever the situation may be, is essential to navigating that season successfully and coming out once again victoriously on the other side. But we're well taught this is faith life conference. So we're talking about faith life. Well, in in correspondence with in conjunction with what we call the mentality of faith. So we got to pay attention to what we're thinking. But in correspondence with that, quite naturally, is the declaration of faith. Now, friends, we can become so accustomed to certain truths. Oh, we've read it for years. We've heard it for years. I know, speak the word, speak the word, but not do it when it counts. Are you with me? So Paul said, 2 Corinthians 4.13, We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed, thank God for that, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. So tonight, listen, in the midst of whatever you may be facing or dealing with, certainly believe the word. All right? I've got to believe, not just say it into the air, but actually believe. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I've got to believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am ready for, I am equal to, Anything that comes my way through Christ who infuses his inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I must believe no weapon formed against me will prosper. I am the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above. I'm not beneath. I must believe no weapon formed against me will prosper. When the enemy comes in like a flood the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I've got to believe when I pass through the waters, and they may be a little turbulent, they'll not overtake me. When I walk through, what is it? When I pass through the waters, he'll be with me. When I walk through the rivers, they will not overtake me. When I walk through the fire, I will not be burned. (laughs) Neither will the flame kindle upon me i got to believe. Thanks be unto God. I don't care what it is at the moment. He always causes me to triumph. 
He has made me more than a conqueror. All right. I got to believe that. Yeah. But guess what? I got to say it and declare it in the midst of situations that seem completely contrary to their reality. Sometimes, friends, it's a fight to stand up and say, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. When your body doesn't feel well, sometimes it's a fight to say, I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. When it looks by all outward evidence that defeat is imminent, it can be a fight to stand up and say, I have the mind of Christ. I have the peace of God. When your mind is attempting to go haywire, right? And fear is attempting to, to overtake you. That's why Paul told us in 1 Timothy 6 and 12, he said, now look, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. There are going to be times where you got to contend, right? Because he knew there would be enemies to our faith. He knew there would be times and moments where Satan would attempt to steal our sense of faith and confidence because without it, there's no victory. I don't win in this life exclusively because I'm a Christian. Are you with me? I, I, I win in the next one. But in this one, I don't win just because I'm a church member or my mom and daddy were Christians. I win and you win because we possess and we exercise faith in the redemptive work of Christ and the victory he's given us. So, you know, you ever seen two guys duking it out? Boom. You like that, you know? Maybe they get in a little tussle. And, and you know, one will hit the guy and he'll say, what you got to say now, big guy? You ever seen that? You know what I mean? Well, when the devil throws his best punch, boom. And he says, what you got to say? What have I got to say? Yeah, what you got to say? I'll tell you what I got to say. Psalm 91 and verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. Are you with me? In whom I will trust. What you got to say? Psalm 18 and verse 2. That's what I've got to say. The Lord is my refuge, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. In Him will I trust. Anybody with me tonight? You know, sometimes, guys, and you know this, we just got to stand up, whether we feel like it or not, and say some things. Mark 11, 12 through 14, you remember on the morrow when they came from Bethany, Jesus, they, they said they were hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said to it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter uh, forever, and his disciples heard it. Now, we've looked at this analogy, but I think it's interesting the way the King James says, Jesus answered and said to it. One translation says, In response, he said. Now, no, normally you answer things that are speaking to you. You're responding. Uh, now, we know the fig tree wasn't speaking audibly. But what was it doing? It was sending, in essence, a message, right? No fig, no food, no provision. 
And the Bible says Jesus answered or he responded. And how many of you know sometimes things in life will talk to you? The symptoms in your body, right? <laughs> the zeros in the checkbook. The pressures of the moment. The uncertainties of the future. They'll talk to you. And when they do, we got to answer them. We, we need to respond. And we need to answer them with the Word of God and with the authority of the Scripture in the name of Jesus. Anybody with me tonight? You know, my dad, uh, and I may have told you this story, but it bears repeating. My dad uh, was about 50, 50 years old. He had a, a really good job. He was vice president of human resources of a Fortune 500 company, very successful in business. And... Uh, Anyway, this corporation, as they normally uh, or sometimes do, they came in and bought the company that my dad was employed by. And so, uh, you know, normal protocol usually is they'll begin to replace the officers of the old company with their, with their new officers. Uh, and so, sure enough, one by one, my, my dad's colleagues begin to disappear, you know, and he could see the handwriting on the wall. So they call my dad in. He's 50 years old. They said, Mr. Blackwelder, your services will no longer be needed. Here's a severance package for you. So my dad, you know, at this time, he'd been 10 years into his relationship with the Lord. And, and he's, he's now teaching Sunday school. He's a Baptist deacon in love with Jesus. And, but he calls me, man, he's shaken up. His whole world is just, in a moment of time, his whole world's shaken. He said, son, I lost my job today. I'm 50 years old. I'm not ready to retire. We're not in a position to retire. What in the world am I going to do? And I said, now, now, Daddy, hold on just a minute now. God didn't fall off the throne because you lost your job today. He saw this way in advance. He knew it was coming. So he obviously has the answer. He has the alternative. All we need to do is find it and to respond in this situation appropriately. Now we can cower in fear and we can lose our sense of peace and we can start, you know, allowing that fear to take our mind in crazy places or we can answer it. <laughs> I said, Daddy, you've heard me preach. He said, yeah, I know. He, he, you know, he didn't have the same background we do or, or the word like we do. I said, now, Daddy, listen. There's something very important uh, when things knock on your door, so to speak, about answering them properly. We don't, faith is never silent in the midst of opposition. Faith has a voice. And so I said, Dad, we're going to answer this. He said, Okay. I said, now, I, I want you to repeat after me. He said, all right. I said, I want you to say, I will have a better job. It was silent. He's a vice president of a Fortune 500 company, making lots of money. He said, I'll have a better job. I said, yes, I will have a better job. He said, I'll have a better job. I said, with better pay, better benefits, increased retirement. The devil going to mess with us? Let's just answer it and answer it big. 
Are you with me? Now, it was quiet for a minute. But my dad was a very positive person by nature. He wasn't a negative person. So it didn't take him long to get on board. So I said, now, Dad, let's say it again. Let's say this. I'll have a better job. I'll have a better job. Better pay. Better pay. Better benefits. Increased retirement. I said, now, Daddy, say it again for good measure. Let the devil hear it loud and clear. He said, I'll have a better job, better pay, better benefits, increased retirement. I said, that's right. I said, now, Daddy, every time that fear comes knocking, I want you to say, thank you, Lord. I got a better job, better pay, better benefits, increased retirement. I said, will you do it? He said, I'll do it. And, and, and believe you me, you know, the fear came knocking. But God is my eternal witness, and it doesn't always happen this quickly. Things sometimes take time. But God is my eternal witness. Within two weeks, my dad got a call from another Fortune 500 company in the same city and said, uh, Mr. Blackwelder, we understand that you're no longer with this particular corporation. Uh, we've lost our vice president of human resources, and we need one right away. Would you be interested in the job? My dad said, let me pray about it. Yeah. And <laughs> said, sure would. So he went in there and, uh, man, got the job and exactly that. Better pay, better benefits. Increased retirement. And did you know he actually retired at 59 years old? This is entertainer's secret for dry throat. <clears throat> but anyway, I'm not an entertainer, but I had a dry throat. So, so answering things, responding to them with the Word of God. And, and just sometimes you have to stand your ground now. It's not like a magic thing, but you do have to stand your ground. But it's working. Are you with me? So, you know, sometimes when we find ourselves as a believer, we know the Word, we've done the Word, yet we find ourselves in a pretty challenging situation. The old devil will tell you, particularly if something has, has kind of been a, a protracted period of time, maybe it's lingering, the old devil will tell you, hey, your faith's not working. Your faith's not working. Well, have you ever read Matthew 7, 24 through 27? <laughs> This is about two individuals that built their house, one on the rock and one on the sand. Now, we're going to look in verses 24 and 25 specifically. Notice this, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. You mean to tell me, Brother Marty, that the rains descended on a man or a woman who was a hearer and a doer of the word? Yeah. The floods came? Uh-huh. The winds blew? Yeah. And beat on the house? Yeah. But you notice at the end what happened. 
the house did not fall. And neither are you. You're not going to fall. Are you with me? (laughs) What determines whether or not our faith has worked? Whether or not we're still standing when the storm passes by. That's the only thing that determines the outcome. Look, guys, we all live this life. I've been through some challenges in life, and sometimes they were a little extended in their duration, right? And I'd go to the Lord in all honesty and say, Golly, Father, man, it seems like Paul trouble on every side. I'll be honest with you, I feel a little beat up here, you know? And that's when he took me to that this this parable or story and he said did you notice that the rains came yes sir the floods came Uh uh-huh the winds blew yes and beat on the house i said yeah that that's me beat on the house he said but did you notice that's the last stage of the storm So if you are here tonight, and man, I don't know what's been going on, but you just feel a little beaten up lately, i got some good news for you. You're standing on the verge of a glorious exit out of that storm. Don't you quit. Don't you stop. Don't you give up. Everybody say, I'm coming out. I don't care how long it's been this way. The woman with the issue of blood, man, she was in that condition 12 years, but she decided it was going to change. She doesn't care how long it had been that way. And it did. Sometimes, and I've said this to you probably in times gone by, but it bears repeating. Sometimes some of your greatest seasons, personally, whether it be in other arenas of life, of blessing, advancement, increase, right? Uh, Just the, the goodness of God. Some of those seasons can be preceded by some of the most intense times of opposition, Challenge, resent, res, uh, resistance, potential discouragement, trying to get you to sit down. But that's why we press on. We keep moving forward, right? Because we know as we've, we've been taught, we count it all joy. Isn't that what James 1, 2 says? Count it all joy. Why? Because my attitude is this opposition is going to be my future launching pad. Even though it's a cliche, it's a good one. This test is going to be my testimony. I'm coming out, and I'm coming out victoriously. So here's what I want somebody in this room to hear tonight. And God wants you to hear it. He's not finished yet. Maybe you've been working on this thing for quite a while. God's working on it with you. He always has the final say. And you need to know of assurance, uh, assuredly this evening, that whatever you may be facing, God has heard your prayers. He has. And He's working. You say, how do you know He heard my prayer, Brother Marty? Because the Bible tells me so. Psalm 34 and 15, notice what it says. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. That's you. And His ears are what? open to their prayers. So you need to be encouraged tonight. He acknowledges your faith. He is responding. He's working. 
And I wouldn't make a pretense of this. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God. God is able to alter the course of events in such a way as to change the perceived outcome of a situation. Sometimes, man, you're, you're heading in a particular direction, and by all outward perceptions, this is not going to end well. <laughs> you ever been there? Maybe you're there right now. I have. I have been there. But I have seen God change the course of events in such a way that he altered the perceived outcome and brought me to a place of victory. And that's exactly what he's going to do uh, for you in this room tonight if this word is for you. All right? And you might be just hunky-dory. Well, congratulations. Glory to God. Keep walking, right? But stand strong. Stand confidently. Stand boldly. And, and declare you got to go home and say, whoa, God's working. The Holy Ghost is working. The Word is working. Amen? The angels are working. And things are turning around for my good. Now listen, I know that phrase has been coined. And man, it's a good catchphrase to preach it. God is turning things around. But did you know something? He does turn things around. And he is turning things around for some people in this room tonight. What do you mean he's turning it? What, is that? what does that mean? God is turning. A turnaround from a natural perspective is a change in the course of direction. That means maybe things have been going in a particular course that are at this moment unfavorable. They're not good. Right? But then God, by His Spirit and His mighty working, comes in and He alters that thing and turns it around in such a way that it changes directions and begins to go in an opposite direction, one that is favorable, bringing victory. Can God do that? Absolutely. It's not a catchphrase. It's a scriptural precedent. It's a reality. God does take seemingly impossible situations or challenges, turn them around, and brings us to positive and victorious outcomes. We see it in the Scripture. Psalm 126, you know the, the verse. Here's the children of Israel. Man, they're in Egyptian bondage. Every day of their life is really, in one sense, a drudgery. They're under the weight of slavery. They're making bricks out of straw and mud. I don't imagine there's a lot of joy, right? It's just life is a drudgery. But then the Bible says in Psalm 126 and verse 1, the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. We were like them that dreamed. Now, I do like that word again, which means he'd obviously done it before. Because sometimes we, we find ourselves in repetitive situations because we make the same dumb mistakes. I've been there. <laughs> and I'm like, can you do it again? You know what I'm saying? And you know what? He's merciful and he will. But he turned their captivity. Now, listen, I know as a Christian... Our captivity has already been turned in Christ. I get that. 
We've been delivered from the power of darkness. We've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. I, I, I understand we're on the victory side. But I'm talking about specific individuals tonight with specific situations. And God is working on your behalf to turn those things around. Now notice what that looks like when he turns something. Psalm 105 and 37. Now, you got to see this. Look at this. He brought them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Are you kidding me? Over two million people, they've been under this weight of slavery down and out, and all of a sudden they come out with silver and gold, and there's not one feeble person among their tribes. They get out, of the, out into the desert, and Moses takes up a $10 million offering from a bunch of homeless people to build the tabernacle. Are you kidding me? Can he change things? He can, and he will, and he is. I just want you to believe that tonight. Like I said, I wouldn't get up here and make a pretense. The Lord put this in my heart, which means if I'm speaking it by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then that means that word is anointed and the Spirit of God will bring it to pass if we will hook our faith up with it. And then notice verse 43, He brought forth His people with joy and His chosen with gladness. Man, you've been depressed, a lot of things going on in your mind and heart and fear, you can leave tonight uh, free. All right? He turned their captivity. God radically altered their state of existence. Are you listening? Altered it completely. You know, I tell people, never assume for a moment that your current state or situation or position has any bearing on your future potential or fulfillment because God can change things in a moment of time. Notice in Job chapter 42, I believe it is verse 10. You've read it many times. The Bible says what? Here's the phrase again. He turned the captivity of Job. And guess what accompanied that turn? And he gave him twice as much as he'd lost. So guess what? God is in the restoration business. He's in the restitution business. Have you lost something? Has something been diminished? Do you need some restoration in an area or restitution? He's well able and willing. Glory to God. <laughs> I don't care tonight if you've been through the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe recently you feel like you've been in the lion's den. You remember that story? I love the, that, that story of Daniel in the lion's den. Because here, here's an interesting thing to consider. You know, Daniel was an upright man of God. He was doing everything right. And because he was doing everything right... And he refused to bow before uh, that idol, you know, and worship that of the king. Uh, of course, you know, he found himself in a very precarious situation. So they come to grab him, you know, and they're going to put him in the lion's den. 
And don't you know when they grabbed him to take him off, he just knew, man, I'm a man of God. He just knew God was going to zap him, <laughs> but he didn't. And then here, here he is, man. He's on the side of the den. And they're about to throw him in. <laughs> and he, I don't know if he said it, but I have at times. And maybe he felt this way. And maybe you feel like this tonight. Hey, if you plan on doing something, now would be a good time. <laughs> you ever felt like that, man? I mean, you're in the heat of stuff. It's like, Father, now would be a good time. I've been there. But guess what, man? No, threw him in. And that's where sometimes if we're not careful, we become disillusioned. We become frustrated. We can actually become a little angry, you know, about it. Look, I've been in church all my life. I serve in the church. I've given. I've prayed. I do my best to honor God. And look at me. I'm in the den. I know, but you got to read the rest of the story. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 23. Watch it. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. And no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. And that's what I want you to see. You might feel like, man, I've been in the den, I know. But God can so deliver you and he will that there's no evidence of the fact that you were ever in that den. No residue. Are you with me? No manner of hurt upon you. He can bring us out. Not only can he, but he will. Maybe you feel like, uh, you know, you've been standing at the Red Sea. I mean, the water's in front of you. It looks impassable. It looks impossible. And then on top of that, you got Pharaoh breathing down your neck. Right? Little pressure here. Right? <laughs> I got some news for you. You're coming up out of the fire. You're not going to smell like smoke. You're going to come up out of that den. There'll be no manner of hurt upon you. You're going to pass through this present sea of opposition, whatever it may be. Take God's word for it. You're going to pass through that uh, sea of opposition, and whatever's been pursuing you, it will be swallowed up by the power of God, just like that Pharaoh and his army was. Are you with me tonight? So here's what I want you to know very uh, briefly, but from my heart and from the Spirit of God. God is working. I don't know what your situation is. If it's in your, once again, family, relationship, business, kids, uh, just maybe personal frustration, maybe some, some things with uh, emotionally, uh, fear-oriented, whatever the situation may be, God is working. And he's going to bring you out. He's going to bring restitution if you need it. Restoration if you need it. His word is working. His spirit is working. The angels are working. How many of you believe that? So here's what you got to do, you know. You've got to declare it. Now, I mean, I, mean, I was in the heat of something. I mean, pressure on all sides. Uh. And so, you know, I'm before the Lord, and, and maybe I've shared this before, but it bears repeating once again. You know, God speaks to me in psalms and hymns, and boy, they can edify you and help you. 
But the word of the Lord came to me, and maybe it's for somebody in this room. And he said, you've been in a season of opposition. The enemy has attempted to discourage and detour. But be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And remain steadfast and endure. Now listen, because the tide is turning. The day of victory is near. The devil is defeated. Do not be discouraged and do not fear. Because the hope that you've harbored and the things you've believed, they will come into fruition. They will be received. So rejoice, he said, and be glad. And then he went on to say, and lift your voice and say, things are turning around in my favor. Victory's mine today. And did you know I got up there? I went upstairs. I said, honey. She said, what, babes? I said, things are turning around in our favor. <laughs> Victory's ours. She said, amen, because it didn't look like it. And every day we took hands at lunch, we would say, thank you, Father. Things are turning around in our favor. Victory is ours. When I went to bed at night before I closed my eyes. Why? Because this is not mechanical. This is relational. Thank you, Father. Things are turning around in our favor. Victory's ours. And may I testify, didn't happen next week or the week after. But guess what? We kept thinking, and God is my eternal witness. He turned things around for us, friends. And not only did he bring restitution and restoration, but he took us beyond where we'd ever been before. I'm telling you the God's truth. And guess what? He's no respecter of persons. If he's done it for me, done it for others, he'll do it for you, and he is. Anybody with me? So here's what we're going to do tonight as we conclude. You know, in Acts 16, 25, and 26, you've read it many times. But notice at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly... There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. There's something about uh, connecting the heart and praising God. As we say, uh, we call it an anticipatory praise or a praise of expectation. You know, at the moment when they began to praise God, they were still in shackles and the prison door was closed. Right? But they praised God, uh, in a sense, in expectation. And so as they began to praise and thank Him, uh, something happened, man. The presence of God came in. The shackles fell off. The doors opened. You know, things can change in the unseen realm uh, that you don't even realize are, are taking place. When we praise God, uh, once again, not out of just, you know, external motion, but an internal response. He knows the real from the fake. But when we turn our hearts and we begin to thank Him, God, you know where I am right now. You know what I've been facing and what we're facing as a family or whatever the situation may be. But I want you to know, I trust you. I've been in this a long time, Lord. I trust your word. 
I know you're faithful. I know you're never going to let me down. And so I'm just lifting my hands and I'm praising you and I'm thanking you tonight that I received the word that has come forth and that my situation, I don't care if it's mentally, emotionally, financially, physically, relationally, business oriented, whatever it may be, I believe you're at work and it's turning around in my favor. Anybody believe that? Now I want you just to close your eyes for a minute because I want to see something and I don't want anybody else to see it. I want to ask you a question. If this word really suited your heart and situation tonight because it's something, it's where you are at the moment. I just want to see as an affirmation, just raise your hand real quick and then put it down. Okay, see? All right. Numerous, numerous individuals. So, so this is for you. And if you don't need it, take it home. You'll need it sometime. But I, I want us to stand for a moment, if you don't mind. I want us to stand and listen. I saw the hands of those that really need to see uh, some things turn, Okay? But even if you don't, I want all of us in a moment, I just want us to lift our hands and I want us to begin to thank God for His faithfulness, for His goodness. You thank Him personally that He's turning your situation around for your good and you just pour your heart out there in thanksgiving. Come on, let's lift our hands. Lord, we thank You tonight. These were not just words, Father. They're not just uh, you know, proclamations of the flesh. They're from your spirit, Father. They're from your word. And I, my heart is connected with so many in this room tonight. And Lord, I'm asking you and I'm declaring by your word and by your spirit that things turn rapidly and quickly in their situations. If it's money, bring the finances. Open doors and avenues and opportunities of increase uh, so that these issues can be resolved. <clears throat> bring divine connections for them. If it's relational, speak to the hearts of those that are involved. Soften and tender those, those hearts. Uh, bring restoration in that relationship. If it's physical, thank you for healing right now. Nobody has to lay hands because this is not a man's word. This is God's word. Thank you, Lord, for your healing anointing going into the physical bodies that need healing and restoration. We all lift our hands. We lift our voices in thanksgiving. Oh, come on. Let's just thank you for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever the arena may be, you know what it is. All fear, depression, anxiety, it goes in the name of Jesus. And we will see the salvation of the Lord. We will see the peace of God and the ability of God. Working, 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 working in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise God. Praise God. 
Suddenly there was an earthquake and the prison doors were open and the shackles were loose. Let's just keep praising him for a moment. Thank you, Father. Restitution. Restoration. Oh, reshikala dele no mori di balbalegi, alo goromo, mon grande, grande, grigle, gadre, dacres, dasco deli, e gore della dagi de torece. E a canene nello da bore della de battisere di borrengere, della laforegere, da gavoro, da lobole, gicle, keke. And every tormenting spirit in spirit of fear, enforcing that sense of anxiety and attempting to steal the peace of those that are, uh, are contending with that, we arrest you in the name of Jesus and command you to cease in your assignment against that individual. You'll not awaken them at night. You will not harass their minds. You will not plague them in any way in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Levande le descoregere de bataisa. Oh, papa yemo se sepregere de litaka. Come on, let's lift our voice and pray in the Spirit for a moment. Oh, brenza legere de le doca raggi gloria de le dasi ora de le namo namando le diso le delo ze brecce la crasta. Ye papa do loro do bocancica. Ye pasico regge keke. That division that has come in that friendship, a lifelong friendship, and now there's been some tension and division, it'll be restored in Jesus' name, not by a work of your flesh, but by the Spirit of God. Oh, Papa Remel, Mamama, Corregi, Delador, Delegi, Gledeshke, and those family members. Se corrigere de Basai, Lodoro, de Landibri, Este Prege, Lodregas, Crochatraca. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for liberty in this place. Thank you for freedom in this place. We're not going home with that heaviness. We're not going home with that fear. We're not going home with that worry and that fretting, that anxiety. We leave it right here and we command it to go. Oh, praise God. Oh, say, I'm free. I'm free. Say is turning around for my favor. And guess what? It is. It absolutely is. And you know why? Because we declare it and we decree it by the authority of Jesus' name. Ooh, and God's stamp is on it. And man, when his stamp's on it, just watch out, devil. I tell you what. I'm going to sing your song. I've sang it many times, but I'm going to sing it again. Darcy, Tim, crank it up. Somebody give the Lord a shout. Come on, give him a shout. <laughs> Come on, give him a shout. Woo! Hey, God is about to turn some things around. I'm telling you. Going to lift us up and take us up to higher ground. We're not defeated. Not going down. God is about to turn some things around. Hey! God is about to turn some things around. Gonna lift us up and take us up to higher ground. You're not defeated. Not going down. God is about to turn some things around. Listen now. Hey! 
We're not looking to the past anymore. We're girding up, we're gearing up, we're going through a brand new door. Things are gonna get better than they've ever been before. Hey, God is about to turn some things around. Woo! God is about to turn some things around. Yeah! Gonna lift us up and take us up to higher ground. Hey! We're not defeated. <laughs> not going down. God is about to turn some things around. Hey! We're seeing an increase of the spirit and the power. Mighty signs and wonders being wrought in this hour. No failure any longer. This church is getting stronger. God is about to turn some things around. Woo! So don't let go of your faith. It will soon become sight. Just open your mouth and confess the word. Everything's going to be all right. This is the time of victory. The turnaround is here. God is about to turn some things around. Somebody ought to get happy. Woo! Sometimes you got to get a little happy about it. <laughs> it's all right to dance a little. Shout a little. Woo! I'm telling you. God is about to turn some things around. Gonna lift us up and take us up to higher ground. You're not defeated. Not going down. God is about to turn some things around. Hey! God is right now turning things around. Gonna lift us up and take us up to higher ground. We're not defeated. Not going down. God is about to turn some things around. Hey! We're not defeated. Not going down. God is about to turn some things right now he's turning things God is turning things around and I'm happy about it <laughs> I'm telling you I don't know why I'm just about to get happy anybody gonna get happy with me Woo! Woo, glory to God I want you to get in your car on the way home and say whoa it's turning Get up in the morning out of bed. Even if you're half, half asleep. Woo! It's turning. Get in the shower. Just don't fall down. Woo! It's changing. Right? <laughs> Glory to God. Guys, I love you. I'm telling you. I believe we'll have some testimonies. We're, mar we're, we're drawing the line in the sand tonight. We're making our declaration to our God and our Father. And I expect to see results. Amen. Pastor. Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Isn't that good?